Hello and welcome to The View from the Ninian. I'm Scott Salter and what a traumatic weekend for Cardiff City. A really dismal display in the South Wales derby, a 1-0 loss to Swansea. We're dissecting that this week. I'm joined by Ben Price and by Paul Grono and the lads do not hold back in their assessment of that game, of the players and of Neil Warnock. It's a bumper episode this week. Enjoy. Two great guests this week. As always, I'm joined by Mr. Ben Price. How are you, Ben? Not bad, mate. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. And also joining us this week, after a little break from the podcast, we've got the returning Paul Grono. How are you, Paul? Living the dream, fellas. Living the dream. Can I just say, it's such a pleasure that you to have to be back on, and I'm glad that you've got the sort of the big hitters back. Because well, all the other guys, you know, um, bless them, they've given it a go. But you know, now you know, let's let's talk proper now. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, well, but to be fair, Paul, Paul, if you haven't come back, come in with a would you rather, I'm not fucking having it. So, <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave we'll leave those to uh, to Gareth Baker. And just before we we kick off, as just a word on um, today, I don't know if, if you both saw this, but today was would have been Emiliano Salas' 29th birthday, and you know, as always, it kind of puts everything into perspective, doesn't it? And yeah. You know, a word of thought with obviously with his his family and friends and you know a sad day Paul and you know on the pitch as well it it just makes you always makes me think what it, you know we never knew what what would have happened I never saw him in a Cardiff shirt which is was you know sad as well you know what it's kind of like we've been barred from grieving about this because of the debacle that's going on with the finances so every time a Cardiff City fan dares to say, oh, you know, I'm gutted about this, etc., shot down in flames immediately, you know, with pay your bills and all the rest of it. You know, as much whatever we think about that side of it, it's a tragedy on so many levels and the fallout from it has just been incomprehensible, hasn't it? You know, with his father and all the stuff that's been going on there back at home for the family. And, um, yeah, very much thoughts of prayers with the family today. And, um, yeah, I'm surprised the club didn't do anything to the market. I saw Nonstead, but um, I thought Cardiff City may have done something too. But there we go. Yeah, yeah I think they've, they've got to keep it clean, and they they can't really you can't really claim a player yeah, not your have, player yeah. then do a tribute to him. It's a it's a That's difficult a good point, situation. Yeah. It's a really difficult situation that I think the club let it lose lose. Um, there's no winners. Yeah, there's no right, there's no there's no coming out this good. It's a lad that's near enough the same age as me has lost his life in a terrible way and. Just like when it comes to his birthday, it's like you said, boys. It's just really, really sad, and sort of gets you thinking what could have been. Absolutely, and yeah, as we said, thoughts with with his friends, family, and you know everyone that mm. that played with him, and you know, always kind of in in our thoughts, isn't he? So, um, you know, moving on to to Swansea, I'd like to say happier times, but it's, it's probably not. Um, I, I was thinking that this morning, my. My granddad always used to. He was a massive sports fan, um, but he, he didn't particularly support anyone in in football. He wasn't a Cardiff fan. You know, me and my dad were. We used to go down all the time. And he used to sit in his armchair, and we, we'd come in from a game, and he'd always sing Cardiff City. What a pity! And I was thinking this morning, not pity, bloody disaster after Saturday, Paul. Sunday, sorry. Yeah, Sunday really was, wasn't it? Um, 
it was just the manner of it, wasn't it? That was kind of just so disappointing. That's what yeah. really riled me. It was, you know, like Warnock's teams are associated with kind of like fire and brimstone and, you know, never ending passion. And, you know, you've sort of dug the trenches and it's us against the world. And there was nothing. It, the only thing I can put it down to is that they bottled the occasion. They, they just completely lost control of they never, they never even rise to it, let alone kind of got sort of pushed back down again. The, the apathy was just completely shocking, and I was taken aback. I mean, completely taken aback. Warnock tries a, you know, a, an untested formation in the biggest game of the season, plays two midfielders against Swansea, one of the best passing sides in the league. Just baffed the whole thing. Just, it's just completely baffling, and there's definitely something not right. I don't know what it is, but. The year we went up, we were a real band of brothers. We were all in this together, on and off the pitch. And this year, there doesn't seem to be the same connect on and off the pitch. And I just can't put my finger on it. It's like you said, you said there, Paul, that it, we just didn't seem to rise to the occasion, or you know, we didn't handle it very well. But and I, I completely agree with you. But you'd think in a normal situation like that, the effort would still be one hundred percent. But the occasion might get better of you in that, you know, you try too hard or, you know, you make a mistake and, and that pressure's too much. But Ben, there wasn't, there seemed that there was no effort at all, would there? Like, it just, it was completely passive, completely lazy and there was no quality at all. It felt like a pre-season or an under-23 game. Uh, the pace that Cardiff played. And let's not beat around the bush here, right? Swansea won one nil, but Swansea, and their own fans admit this, were shite. But we were Yeah, they didn't absolute... have to be good. No, they did we didn't they didn't need to. They got that one goal and did what they needed to. They controlled it comfortably without doing anything, but we were pathetic. I think like we said, the one thing people associate Warnock sides with is passion. You may not outplay a team, but you'll outfight them. And the second you lose that fight, like we did against Swansea, there's real, real trouble. Um, I was angry. And the other week I was I was said, it's one of the first times I've been disappointed. Um, but this genuinely made me angry. It was, this game is the biggest game for Cardiff fans of the season so far. And if the manager or if the players themselves can't get up for that game then they, there's serious, serious issues going on about why uh, that need to be addressed of why this happened. Like We play 4-4-2, then Warnock comes out in the press conference today and saying, oh, yeah, well, it just didn't work. There's nothing I could really do. It's almost as if you had three substitutions to make, Neil, and didn't fucking use them. Yeah. Um, honestly, it's just pathetic, I think, is the only way to describe it. Genuinely embarrassing. That was more embarrassing than the 3-0 defeat. Yeah. just because of how poor we played and how poor the quality of the game was. There was no passion in that derby. There was no... There wasn't like... I think when you think back to even the most recent one in the Premier League at uh, the Cardiff City Stadium, one of the big turning points was that Ben Turner tackle, wasn't it? Yeah. Or when Theophil Kettering chased down that chased down the ball into the corner that got the Colker corner out of nothing. From there, uh, you compare that sort of stuff to any moment in the game on Sunday. There was nothing... There was one sort of handbags moment where Joe Rolls sort of did a silly challenge that I felt it felt like Swansea players sort of 
felt, oh, we're winning this. We can win the. We can get the crowd up a bit by sort of kicking off a little bit. But it was just. And that was in did, the eighty something minute, wasn't it? Didn't yeah, it? yeah. I said, look, we we committed fifteen fouls on Sunday. Uh, Swansea committed twelve. I'm not saying in a derby you need to go around and kick living crap out of each other, but this should be more than what went on there. There was it felt like neither side cared, and that really really disappointed me for what we claim, and we sort of in the past have had a great shot at saying it's one of the most intense passionate derbies going if the players aren't in for it it kills the crowd and the atmosphere I felt was flat from both sets of fans towards the end because the players just didn't seem to want to give any fans anything fans to cheer about yeah and there was quite a good uh, tweet I saw when we put out earlier in the week I think it might have been Monday kind of after the dust had settled you know what are your reflections and it was at Mikey BB12 said neutrals wouldn't have known that was a derby if you just tuned in mm. and saw that game you would not have known that as derby from the players and like i said the atmosphere was 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 pretty flat and we'll come on to kind of warnock's tactics and selections and stuff in a minute but you said ben there about you know the fans <laughs> let down and particularly the, you know the traveling fans the players didn't put in the performance for them and and i don't always buy into um you, know, you see a lot of particularly in the last couple of years it seems to have, have increased you know fans hounding players for refunds and stuff like that there was the um newcastle fans wasn't there with jamal lascelles recently and i don't know if you saw the video this week of arsenal fans um surrounding Aubameyang's car um shouting you know two thousand pound a year for this shit like and stuff like that i don't always buy into that because you know you pay money knowing it could be bad, it could be good. You know, you get highs, you get lows. It's, that's the life of being a football fan. But Cardiff fans, you know, every Cardiff fan let down. But the 2,000-odd that made the journey there that were treated like criminals, you know, just ridiculous the restrictions placed, having to get into the ground hours before, just caged in. You know, some people made huge journeys i know it's not the biggest journey from cardiff to swansea but a lot of fans you know ben james from Luton indian had to leave london like the night before or something just so he could get in time to get his uh his voucher from the city stadium and you know all you want is effort paul isn't it and and i think cardiff players really and neil warnock let down all the cardiff fans but particularly those 2000 cardiff fans that that were there Basically, um, they let us down. I don't even. I, 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 I'm not sure whether I'm angry or disappointed, bit of both. But you just, you never ever would envisage a, a derby that felt like it had less passion than a Sunday league game at the Butts and Barry. I mean, it was just like, what on earth is going on? What's happened behind the scenes to for Neil to send out a team like this? Um, in this mood, uh, this is something not right. I'm, I've never seen the likes of it. I cannot put my finger on it. And it's like Ben said, you just they just didn't care, and that's unforgivable. I mean, in any, it's unforgivable just generally. You're at the end of the day, you're a football player. You're you're in a massively privileged part of society. You know, you're putting on the cl- the club colours. You're representing us a lot on that pitch. And for you to not care is not good enough. But to not care against Swansea, the biggest game of the season, that's just. I don't say unforgivable because it isn't, but 
that's not going to, you know, we're not going to forget that easily. And Warnock is more than happy to accept the plaudits when they come his way. He won't take the blame. Team. He won't yeah, take the blame. Man. Exactly. The press, the press conference today, um, I think, pissed me off more than the game. He's just flat out, and I'm going to call out Wales Online, BBC Sports, everyone at that press conference today. Um, push him. It's his last season. He's still got to answer the questions. You can't give him an easy ride. That there was no challenging him on tactics, substitutions. It was all too friendly. I'm amazed they didn't like when the boys said in the chat. I'm amazed they didn't ask him who won Bake Off. Yeah. It's just it's pathetic. There's no. I love Warnock, and I I genuinely do. I'm still not in the Warnock out category, but I'm teetering, and we'll get to that later. But there's no. He seems from his own responses that if he gets some criticism for a thing that's happened now, um, he sort of straight away deflects it back to, oh, well, if you'd seen what the club was like three years ago. Look, look, we've given you a ton of praise. We've given you everything, and we still will. No one will ever forget the work you've done. But you do something like that, you deserve to have have the right act read at you. Yeah. You cannot. You as a manager, you live and you live and die by the your most recent result. Not even the result, the performance. Like there's results in the Premier League that we were disappointed with, but were forgivable. There's been results this this season that have been disappointing but forgivable. This is as close to the most cardinal sin you can commit uh, as a Cardiff City manager. Yeah. He's just he this this afternoon. He's disrespected the derby more than Dave Jones ever did. Yeah, I don't know if you listened to um, the Alex James Feast of Football podcast this week, but, but Danny Gabbard's arguing. Funny enough, I've avoided it. <laughs> it's not. It, it, it's not too bad, actually. Ellis <laughs> James, is, he's had his fun, but he, he's, he goes he's, easy on us. He? he does go he's, easy. He's he good does. as gold. He really gets a hard time for being pretty. He does hold his tongue because if I was if I was in that position, oh my god, I'd be laying <laughs> in. I'd be laying it in left, right, and centre. So yeah, he gets props from me. But Danny Gabbard's on went, you know, he, he didn't hold back against the the team and, and Warnock in particular, and he he said that you know Warnock gets an an easy ride from from the press um, being Cardiff manager. And you definitely agree Absolutely with that, Ben? Right, hundred percent agree. Especially the last few weeks, it's just um, we've said about it. I think like everyone just wants that last interview. It seems like they're just trying to play it so they can get the big story at the end of the season, so they can still get those. Side clicks that Wales Online so desperately crave. Um, there's good journalists there. There are some good journalists at Wales Online. They need to do more. They need to actually do some journalism. They're paid a lot of money to do to write compelling stories and ask the questions that Cardiff fans want, not ask him what he thinks of the rugby or what he thinks of the weather. But mm. so, something's gone wrong. Call him on it because this is just yeah. shocking. It's really, really. For the first time, I've been proper like a box to you, Neil. Because I thought he, I thought if this derby and what it means to the people and what it means to fans, it's him. But the bad result comes out, and he doesn't hold his hands up in an acceptable way and say, you know what, lads, I got it wrong. Tactics were wrong. The players didn't perform. It was more of a dismissive, yeah, I got it wrong, and what? And that almost like is- not a joke, but just like. No, no, not a joke. Couldn't give a shit. And that really, really does hurt. As a fan, for as long as I've been a fan, just to hear someone, just dis- your own manager, dismiss a result that's really upset people, 
there was no I'm not saying apologize for every loss but there should be some sort of look Sean Morrison said it best in I don't know if you saw the post where he was sort of addressing all the um rumors of arguing with fans at full time and all of that yeah. nonsense and it's he worth said, saying quickly that you know criticism the, of players is fine but abuse to abuse to uh, players and family is ridiculous and completely unacceptable it's pathetic, and if you're one of those people, um, unfollow, unsubscribe. We don't want to deal with you. Yeah. You're not. You're not worth the time. Um, but he said, look. At least he said, look. It get, he was gutted, and they're looking to get him back in January. Warnock isn't asked, and that really worries me. That's where, if if the manager's not going to get the fight and the spirit up, how, how are you expecting the players to be up for it? Yeah, but Paul, where do you think? You know, we've all talked about it being passive and you know poor and stuff like that but can you imagine Neil Warnock in in the change room before or, or leading up to the game not trying to you know get the players up I can't imagine that I can't imagine him being really relaxed about it I can imagine him trying to you know get spirits up fire them up so is it the players do you think it is Warnock I, I mean, it's hard to say but where has this this come from yeah, you'd envisage him to be giving it the old get into him, lads, and you've got to fucking die for the win and all that, haven't you? You know, you that's how, that's what you picture. To me, you what know, what I would I'm not do so sure I, anymore. If I was manager, what I would have done is just printed out those, whether they were real or not, I don't know. I think they probably were the flags and those plane tickets that Swansea fans had done about Emiliano Salah. I would have put them up on the changing room, and that would have motivated the players. Thing is, you shouldn't need to, should you? Like he shouldn't. If anything, he's got to. He should have been pulling them down from the ceiling, saying, "Lads, you know, keep your tempers. You know, keep a tight first ten minutes. Don't go snapping somebody. We don't want another Steve McPhail type thing." And but it was the total opposite. So I think yes, the players obviously have a role to play in that, and you know they they've been as flat as a bloody pancake for the whole season almost. But um. Neil has got to take a hit on this. He's, if he's going to take the praise, he's got to take the criticism. And um, I think part of the reason he gets such an easy ride from Wales and Line is that they're not supporters. They actually don't care. They don't give a monkey's about whether a Cardiff succeed or not. All yeah. they care about is the number of clicks they get on the article. So th- they're not going to hold them to account because they don't feel the passion that we do. We actually care about what is, you know, our club. Whereas whoever they may be, Wales and Line or whoever it is, doesn't. So they let him get away with it. Time and time again, and Neil, you know we love you, and we're never going to, you know, forget what you've done. But you've got to take it on the chin this time. It's not good enough. Something's got to change. Yeah, and you know, you touched a little bit on tactics, but let's let's go and look at that a bit more in depth. Four four two. You know, I, I've said at times, and I think now I definitely hold my hands up and say I was wrong that I would have liked to see us play a four four two because we've got, you know, I think Glatzel needs someone to get the best out of him. I was shocked that the first time he plays it is in the derby. Mm. There's a few issues, isn't isn't there, Ben? I mean, first of all, we all know Swansea would dominate possession, so instantly you're outnumbered in midfield, and that two in midfield but have the, got a hell of a lot of work to do. The thing is, with the four four two, I still think it's a system that can work. But if you're going out, the system works fine, in the, or the formation works fine. The game plan around that formation is what sets you up to win or lose. The formation is sort of irrelevant at times, especially in modern football. Um, you've got to look and have a proper game plan in place. And we, 
that's probably I think that's the thing is we don't at the moment. What's our game plan? How are we yeah. looking to play the ball? Um, our midfield got overrun. We've been overrun with three in midfield. To be honest, they only had fifty. They, they had fifty-seven to our fifty uh, forty-three percent possession. They didn't dominate the ball that much. They just sort of did better with it. Um, but are we looking to get it out to the wingers so to run down the wing and take it on? Because get the chance. Because that didn't happen. There's no structure to our play, other than sort of hit it up and hope Danny Ward or Glatzel gets a flick onto it. There was no strategy. There was no thought behind the game plan. It was, it wasn't even like we were trying to. Like we've said for weeks, right? The way to beat Swansea is to bully him off the ball. We didn't even do that. There was none of that set up. It was just sort of right. We're playing four four two. Off your pop, lads. Mm, yeah. The, the play the players don't know their roles, and I think that's the big thing. Like you look at the set pieces. Let's talk about was it Pack that kicked the ball out when we had a free kick and it just oh, sort of hit God. it straight in yeah. the worst free kick I think I've ever seen. Horrendous. I mean, there should be th- things in place to say right, we've got a set place set set piece in this sort of position. Let's work a play. We t- we've done it with a couple of corners recently and we've actually had a bit of, bit of success from it. When we've put a bit of thought into our play and sort of create, try and create something, it's there. All we're doing is hitting it aimlessly and hoping for the best. We're throwing shit at a wall and seeing what sticks and nothing stuck on Sunday. Yeah, and the, the other thing that I question, Paul, is Warnock spoke about, and we all expected Lee Tomlin and, and wanted Lee Tomlin to play, and Warnock spoke... Uh, in his you know pre-match conference and and post-match about you know it was a blow that Tomlin wasn't wasn't available, so that to me suggests that he was going to play him. It was going to be a four-two-three-one, probably Tomlin for Glatzel and, and Ward as the lone striker. Tomlin pulls out, is unavailable. You know late on, he goes for four-four-two instead of bringing say Patterson in or or maybe bringing a Bakunri in and, and having a deeper three. But that suggests to me that the whole week up, leading up to the game, or a few days, whatever it was, would have been a re- built around in training playing a four-two-three-one. Suddenly, mm. you're playing a four-four-two with next to no preparation, no game time on it because we've you know barely, if if any, we might have switched to it in late on in the game a couple of times, but we've not really played it. Suddenly, like Ben said, what was the game plan? You know, that's a real worry for me. Yeah, I, I agree. And I mean, Warnock said, you know, shame he wasn't available or all that. Well, why play him for bloody 80 minutes, whatever he did on the Tuesday night? Wrap him up in cotton wool, keep him safe and all that. He's a, the guy's pivotal. He's the guy that unlocks the defence. He's the guy that makes Cardiff play. Without him, we look completely clueless. And so, fine, you know, by all means, you know, okay, Lee, you can't play. You've got a tight hamstring or whatever it is, a knock. Um, don't go gung ho and go four four two. Will do it. Let's go back to the ni- you know nineteen eighty eight again. Keep it tight. For going to say you're away from home against a, a decent passing side. You don't just go oh sod it. I'll chuck two up top and and see what happens. This has been the most frustrating thing about this season. It's just this has just been so much aimless play, so much speculative balls forward, hoping for you know a lucky break. I mean. Warnock says, you know, that's not how we play. We don't just lump it forward and stuff. But we've all got eyes on our head. You, you know, we're all watching this this football for ourselves. And It's been worse it, than ever. 
I think. Yeah, Glatzel is not a target man. He's not a big sort of, you know, more up front for Wales type. He's not going to bring it down and hold it up and all that sort of stuff. He wants it on the floor. He wants to play, you know, that type of football. So And so does Danny. I think Danny Ward's better with the ball coming into his feet or maybe chasing the channels rather than 100%. up to his head. And Bogle. So we've all of our strikers. Oh, definitely Bogle, yeah. Because he's aggressive. He'll make a menace for himself. You know, he'll, the first thing he did when he came on the pitch against Wigan, I think it was, was just push a guy away with two hands, just the double-handed shove, you know, yeah. sod off, mate. You know, you're in a, you, you know, I'm on now. And then he goes and scores a couple of minutes there. Bogle, would have, for me, would have been a far better proposition. And I love Glatzel. I really want him to succeed. Listen, I'm the guy that flew the flag for Gary Medine. <laughs> and you know this yourself, Scott. I met Gary Medine outside Cardiff Airport and I said to him, you're going to be a great striker for us. And he's put his hand on my shoulder and said, not going to happen, mate. I mean, for fuck's sake, if he doesn't believe it, then why are we bothering? So We weren't, it was yeah. just you. Oh, Bogle would have been a better option. And I yeah. want Glatzel to come good, but the way Cardiff play, they're completely bypassing his strengths. So, yeah, the, the tactics have been bizarre. At I, best. Don't, I, I don't actually think Bogle's the answer either. Um, you look at the strikers we've got, if we're going to play that way, the best player to play in that position is Callum Patterson, and we didn't play him, and he's been off form. Yeah, um, we seem to us to keep that structure um, of playing the way we do, and Patterson's set up for that. And if he's not on form, we've got no chance of doing it. The rest of the players are players that like the ball in and around their feet. I think every player I'm looking at looking through the squad list now, um, even in midfield. I don't see any players that aren't comfortable on the ball and don't like the ball at their feet, but we don't use it. We've got some quality. We've got some good players, man. We've got some real good players that are play that are better than what they do, what they're showing at the moment. Yeah, and I don't. We talk about the strikers. I don't blame any of the strikers because it is a thankless task playing up front for for Cardiff City yeah. in this system. Um, it's been a thankless task playing for Cardiff City as a striker, um, probably for the last eight years. There's a reason we're not getting strikers that constantly bang 10, 15 goals a season. Is yeah. we just can't, we just can't. We, we've lo- we've forgotten how to play the striker. Gone are the days of Chopper and Bothroyd, slamming them in. Um, Christ, I'd even take Kenny Miller right now sc- scoring twelve goals. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we we just we're we're the Chelsea of the Championship for strikers at the moment. We are the graveyard where strikers show a bit of promise, go to die. <laughs> And just quickly on on the am I, am I am I too negative here, lads? Am, am no, I, am, no. I bring, am I bring? Sadly, you're I think absolutely it's spot on. Yeah. <laughs> and the other thing that you know Ben mentioned, it, it, Warnock said in his press conference about the four four two, it didn't work. Oh, it was evident. I could. I I think we all knew after about fifteen minutes, this isn't working. Well, he Why knew it wasn't working because he. It? It's not just that. He knew it wasn't working. He called Josh Murphy over to have a chat and told him to get warmed up. Yeah. And, and then they brought him on. They didn't, yeah. It was Bit just... Of banter. Yeah. It's just strange. If you're going to do that, stick to your guns, Neil. Don't no, doubt yourself. No wonder Murphy's having such a shock at the season. He probably thinks, oh, I can't be asked for this. Yeah. I'm not going to touch the ball anyway, you know, oh, type thing. Don't, don't get me started. Um <laughs> just he, 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 he's a podcast all to himself that boy but anyway um, there's one sort of thing we've sort of we've sort of hammered the top end in the midfield but let's get into the back four and to be honest the back five with Etheridge as well but yeah let's start with Etheridge he was pretty poor he made a couple of good saves late on 
but particularly first half. God, he was his head awful. Went. His, head his head went. Just completely gone. He, I don't know what, I don't know what his thing at the moment is of running out and trying, running out of his box and taking the ball and trying to do these headers, um, clearing the ball, sticking himself out like he got injured at Wigan. I don't know where the hell he's got that this from this season. <laughs> For fuck's sake! Do you think he's desperate to? He stopped running. His... He stopped running into the barbers and started running out of the box. It's just <laughs> mental. But do you think he's desperate to prove? Or he's just really keen to prove his worth because you know there were a lot of calls for for smithies to stay as as number one do you think it's an element of that i don't think he needs to look he's proved himself in the last two seasons enough that if he goes in goal i'm I'm comfortable with to be honest i'm comfortable at the championship level with all four of our goalkeepers right now um there's not a single keeper i look at and go oh he he worries me if they play their games the way they should yeah but Etheridge seems to have watched a couple of videos of Manuel Neuer and thought, sod it, let's have a go at that. <laughs> and he's off his head because it's... All right, he conceded a corner with Doe for a header and completely missed the ball and the ref gave corner for that whatever reason. He shouldn't be in that position anyway. He's not a sweeper keeper. A sweeper keeper's good with the ball. Etheridge, even not. the players mock him for not being able to kick a ball. Fantastic shot stopper, good in the air, but his distribution and his kicking is terrible. The last thing I want Neil Etheridge doing is running out the box trying to play 60-yard passes or playing 10-yard passes in and around his area when there's players sort of on him. That's yeah. the last thing he needs to be doing. And Paul, you, if we go on to the, the back four, I thought Peltier did did all right. I thought he, he had a tough task against, uh, was it Routledge out on that wing? Mm. Did did okay. I think he's probably the better of, of the defenders. Joe Bennett, I thought, was, was really poor. I think he has been all season, really. Um, I, I don't know what you think. Peltier for me is player of the season so far, um, Mr. Consistent. But um, I really like him anyway. I've got a bit of a soft spot for him, to be honest. And uh, we did an interview with him on the website at the beginning of last season and just so bowled over by the fact that he, he'd sort of done it the hard way. He started off in a decent level and then had to go down and work his way up. And he was never fancied. A lot of the Bluebirds supporters took a while to warm to him and. Um, so, yeah, he's a solid sort of seven out of ten every week type thing, isn't he, Lee? But Joe yeah. Bennett, I, for me, um, speculative, of course, but I, I don't think that he's resolved whatever issues he's got going on off the pitch. He had a really tough time last year, and personally as well, with his yeah. father and stuff. I think he's probably, it's probably going to come out one day that there's things going I mean, he's got a young baby at home and, and a couple of young kids and stuff. It can't be easy. He's probably got, you know, broken sleep at night and all that. And this is something not right about him because we all know how good he can be and and how poor he has been. So, um, yeah, the defence, which was our sort of bedrock two years ago and sort of Mr. Reliable, the, the five of them, I, we can't pin it all on Flint because it's not just his fault, but they've been surprisingly poor both at both ends of the pitch. Attacking yeah. and defending, so um, yeah, just massively disappointed with 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 them. And I know Moz is sort of fronted up and stuff, but um, the sooner Bamba comes back to help him out, the better. Yeah, absolutely. And as I, you know, we we chatted a bit about Swansea. I know we could we could chat quite a lot more, but we've got a few things to get through. So we're going to come to some questions at the end. But just two questions that are, are related to to Swansea, so we might as well cover them now. Um, 
Ben, we'll come to you first. Our very own Dan Moffat. Hi, Dan. Uh, he asked, where does that rank among Cardiff's worst derby performances? I'd probably say the worst, in, in, it, my, in my memory at least. In the ones I've seen, I was old enough to remember, absolutely bottom. It was worse than a 3-0 drubbing. Yeah, because the 3-0 drubbing, because, you look, at least, had very at least, good players. Yeah, they, were, we the be- they were the manager. better side, and sort of we were outclassed. But there were players that gave it 100%. Yeah. Um, deep down, I think I'm just looking at the scores. I sort of ranked the players on on a Sunday evening. Um, out of it, there's only two that got above a five, and that was Nathaniel Mendes Lang and Peltier. Um, the rest, even Morrison, I get Morrison had an injury, and full credit him, he's one of the few players that's come out on Twitter held his hands not on Twitter sorry but has come out in public and said look hands up that wasn't good enough um, the rest have sort of downplayed it and tried to move on done the classic statement that's probably been sent to them in an email from the club sort of message on social media but yeah there's a lot of players need to look at, take a long hard look at themselves and that is the worst derby performance in my lifetime and Paul uh, kind of building off what we've spoken about but Huge Hopkins asked if the players can't get themselves uh, up for Swansea, are they in the wrong line of work? Maybe. Yes, definitely. If you can't get up for the, you know, the biggest game of the season, then what are you doing? And, and why are you even bothering? You know, you're just you picking up put, a check. You could have put eleven fans out there, unfit fans. They might have got beaten. They well, they would have got beaten, but they would have given a hundred percent because they know how big that game is. You would have had 100% from me for a good five minutes and then I would have been done and on my ass. But I was <laughs> just thinking five minutes exactly would have been, you know, I'd, much better than the 90 that they did. Yeah, I could play I could play like Messi for three, four minutes. The rest of the time then I'm blowing out my hole. But yeah, I'll give it a go. <laughs> well, if we move on... We, By we, the way, quickly, before you go back, was, what was that person's name? Huge Hopkins. <laughs> Huge, like Eugene, I think. Oh, sorry. Okay, huge, huge. He might oh, also be huge. I don't know, but we'll go with. We'll go with huge. <laughs> Let us know. Let us know. Uh, right, we've spoken. You know, we've we've hammered Warnock a bit. So, coming on to our next topic, and it is Warnock in or Warnock out. And we'll start with a question that we were tweeted by some bloke. Do you know him, Ben? Called Paul Grono. Paul. No, never heard of him, mate. No, never. Good. He asks, is this a massive nail in the Warnock-era coffin? Hmm. No. But it's a grey patch. It's a very sour note that could have ended it for other managers. Um, I don't... There's no way of... Put, there's no nail in Warnock's coffin. Like He's leaving at the end of the season anyway. Whether he leads now, leaves now at Christmas, whenever he leaves. He's off anyway. It's not like it's this is the result that sends him out of the club. It just might be one of the results that leaves him leaving earlier than we thought. But no, nah, it's not the it's not the game that gets rid of Warnock. And it's not one that sort of puts the first nail in the coffin for me. For you, Paul, to answer your own question? 100%, yes. Um, Have you been surprised he... by the... There's been quite a lot of calls, hasn't there? Maybe more than I thought. I thought maybe you had more credit in the bank with more fans, but there's been a lot of calls for his head, hasn't there? 
post reading there was like murmuring of this is just shit you know sorted out neil and then that, that turned into neil's possibly not up to the job now and that's the sort of um, narrative that's beginning to sort of be banded around isn't it is is he actually up for it does he fancy it was it a mistake letting him you know sort of signal that this is my last season and stuff so um yeah for me it is a massive name in his coffin and you know and i take no pleasure in that by the way, none whatsoever. I, I'm gutted. You know, I wish he'd gone at the end of last season. You know, or on a high, yeah, uh, yeah, or even after we got promoted. You know, thank you very much. That's me done. You know, here's my cigar, and I'm off into the sunset. But um, uh, he's he's borderline ruining his legacy, or certainly tainting his legacy, and uh, that I find that really sad. It's tough, isn't it? Because we all like. 100% appreciate everything that he's done and you know probably one of Carlos best ever managers in you know mm. that unbelievable promotion but the way he's transformed the club from you know a poor place when he, he came in both on the pitch and and as we all know off it so everyone is 100% grateful for for what he's done but like you said it's kind of that it's tarnishing that that legacy, isn't it? And maybe you should have gone gone on a high. And Ben, for you, I mean, we've spoken about that Swansea game, and it was awful. But it's not the first time this season, is it? All season, even those home wins. You know, we've, we're still unbeaten at home, which is worth saying. But even in those games, we've not looked ourselves, have we? No. Um... We've been poor most of the season. The game plan's not working and stuff needs to be addressed um, big time. And I think fans are right, more than right to question Warnock at the moment and question not just his tactics and how it's happening on the pitch, but sort of his dedication to it at the moment. Because like, even when he wins, right, one of my favourite things when we win isn't just the three points. That fist pump at the end, the double fist pump at the end, is class. <laughs> it's always funny. But even that, the couple of times I sort of think, hmm, he's not into this as much as he. He's not. It's sort of like Martin Tyler this season with the, And It's Live. It's just been lacking that sort of commitment <laughs> sort of like you're going to expect. Uh, I don't think they'll... They won't sack him, though, will they, Paul? I don't think that Tan... Kenchu, Mehmet Dalman will make the change. I think it will come down to whether Neil Warnock looks himself in the mirror and says, I haven't got I haven't got the desire to do this. And he'll Barring walk away. a disastrous run, then yes, I agree. If we somehow went on some sort of ridiculous run and lost, you know, the next seven games in a row or something stupid, then yeah, I think they would take that choice just to save the club from free fall. But um none of us think that's gonna happen. So I think Neil will get to go on his own terms. Whether that's the right or wrong thing is a different question. But I don't, I don't see the, the hierarchy sacking him. The, the, you know, the, if anything, he's sort of grooming the successor, or he certainly was intending to, wasn't he? He was certainly looking to stick around, and you know. I think the reason the club won't get rid of Warnock anytime soon is purely because they don't know who's coming in as the successor. They don't know what they want out of the next successor, and that worries me. Like we've said before. But I, I don't know. I think they sort of fell onto, um, they sort of fell in, I fell into Warnock is a horrendous choice of words. <laughs> uh, let me rephrase that. We sort of got struck gold. We unexpectedly struck gold with Warnock. Um, 
that sort of happened in a way that I don't think they were expected. It was more luck than judgment that he's done this thing. Warnock was hired uh, as a firefighter, wasn't he? Really, the club was in a really bad place, and he was. There, yeah, there he, was he a risk in, of relegation. He came in to do an Allardyce. Yeah, that. Let's face it, that's what he came in to do, and we struck gold. And he's going to go down in City Legend in the same sort of popularity as Eddie May. And yes. I, stand, I stand by that. I think he's up there in that sort of profile of manager. Indeed. And no, no matter what happens between now and the end of the season, Warnock is that level of manager for Cardiff City now. Um, but this is more of looking at the board and saying, right, do you trust any of them to pick, pick a successor? No. Because they don't know what the what they want the club to be in five years' time. Do we want to be the same sort of side that's up and down but don't really have a structure like we are currently with Warnock? Neil Warnock's the only manager in the world can get a team promoted playing the way we do. Um, another manager comes in. It's, we're not going to be challenging that year. We can rule it out. Um, this player, people are calling for Chris Uton, um, Slavoslav uh, Jukanovic, the old Fulham manager, I think. It, is that his name? I can't remember. Something like that, but yeah. People are calling for those sort of managers. Hutton possibly a bit different, but someone like um, Jukanovic, um, he's... He's going to take some time to bed that style in. If we're looking to play that sort yeah. of go a bit more modern approach, um, we've got to take our time. The board have got to take the time most importantly and be prepared to back him. Because there's no point backing Warnock in January. There's none. No matter where we are, there's no Definitely. point. Well, him. this there's is no the big point. question, isn't it? If a we've talked about the, you know the credit that Warnock has in the bank with the board. If he goes and says, "Look, we need to go and sign this player to." A save the season or or B push for that playoff spot. They're going to back him probably, aren't they? Just because they trust him so much and they're so in favour with him. But what good does backing him do? Oh, I know, I hundred yeah, percent agree. You're, you're adding you're, you're adding more players to a squad that, let's face it, another manager isn't going to do the same with. Yeah. Another manager isn't going to play the same way. Um, if Warnock would go out if Warnock said, right, I need a centre half. He would go and sign another Aidan Flint, which is no use to a future manager if they're going to change the style of the, the play. And that's the risk, isn't it? That giving I him don't money. See, is... I, I don't see the club, other than possibly looking at fullbacks, I don't see the club spending money in the defensive areas this January. I see them looking, oh shit, we're not scoring enough goals. We need another wide player. We need another striker. Yeah, of course. And that that was an example. It's, but it's, it's going to be in the Warnock mould. Yeah. And that's where the money gets wasted. That's where we sign another. I, I don't even know who we're going to sign the sort of players, but you know what I mean. These players coming in, um, it's just wasted money because the chances are the next manager isn't going to fancy him. The next another manager isn't going to fancy Gary uh, another Gary Medine. He's they're not going to fancy another Ken Zahor or Fred Godongby. Um <laughs> I know Warnock didn't sign them, but sort of you can see what I mean of sort of. That man, new man, is going to come in and put his own stamp on things. Yeah. And spending money um, in January is a waste of money. The the smart thing to be doing would be looking at loans and looking at six month loans uh, to the end of the season. But again, I don't trust the board to have that foresight, to be honest. But Paul, what do you think the wise thing would be? Because we've talked about a new manager coming in would change the style, even if it's someone like Chris Hutton, who's still fairly direct, but you know, in comparison to Warnock, not as as direct or, or combative. We've talked about that adjustment period. We've talked about Warnock 
be given money in January would just sign Warnock players. There'd be no thinking for the future. So is it wise to make the change now, give the manager a little bit of money, a new manager that is, a little bit of money in January to maybe sign one player or a couple of loans that fit into his system, give him the rest of the season and say, look, we know we're probably not going to get promoted. It's unlikely unless, as we said, a really bad run that we're going to get relegated. So let take this next six months, wherever it is, to try and get your style over to this team with maybe, say, he identifies, I need a ball playing centre-half or I need another creative midfielder to help make that transition easier. Is that the wise thing to do? In my opinion, yes. Um, I would say so. And the season isn't a write-off yet. So, you know, it's still early enough for it to go you know, either way, and we could still pull, you know, a runoff and get into the playoffs and stuff, but um, yes, 100%, and letting Neil do his thing in January, he hasn't covered himself in glory in terms of signings anyway, I mean, and it's difficult a lot of the time to get the signings right, I know that, and a lot of managers have struggled at Cardiff to get the right signings in, but I would personally say now he's probably the best time to say let's change it up and um but i agree with ben i i think cardiff would be doing it on the hoof they they certainly don't have that candidate sort of in mind that they've probably lined up discreetly behind the scenes or um right we're definitely going to go down this route i did have a sort of a nice daydream earlier where i was thinking about vincent selling his stake in that u.s club you know and apparently looking to sort of plow his finances into cardiff and I had this sort of daydream of Vincent coming on going, right, you know, Cardiff are going to be the Manchester City of the Championship and I'm going to spend <laughs> whatever it takes and I'm going to get a ball-playing manager in and blah, blah, blah. And then I thought, don't be so stupid. What are you doing? No, it's not going to happen. <laughs> and also, would I want to be the Manchester City of the Championship? Probably not. So if it was me, if it was my club, I'd say thank you, Neil, you know, um, but goodbye. And then I would look at somebody else, like as I discussed online this week, you know, an Alex Neil who would be a good sort of interim shift between um, long direct and sort of tea-tacker modern football. Somebody that can transition us quite well and knows the championship well, um, is a taskmaster, um, somebody that wouldn't take any bullshit. Um, It's just a Cardiff City manager in that sort of respect. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, that's what I would do if it was me. Before we, we'll come on to some possible replacements. You mentioned about um, Warnock signings haven't been particularly, or some of them haven't haven't been great. And uh, again, on, on the Air uh, James Feast of Football, Gabadon was was quite critical again of, of Warnock signings, and particularly um, in the last you know last season and this season, he was arguing that there's been very little planning. It seems there's there's no consideration of of style at times and no thought really gone into the signings of kind of Bobby Reed and Josh Murphy and whether actually they fit the the ethos and the style of the club and the play. So Ben looking back at Warnock's signings, when he's had to spend money, they've not been great, have they? You look at his best signings, Bamba, free transfer, Marouane Shamak, free transfer <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Neil Etheridge, um, Mendes Lang, you know, I, cheap. I genuinely, I genu- well, they're freeze. They're free transfers. Um, 
I genuinely think that Warnock has been saved from a lot of grief on transfer front by Bamba, Hoylet, especially, and how well they've done since they came in on freeze. Um, you look at whenever he's been given money to spend, especially decent money, it's not worked out, is it? Um, Cunningham, six million. Um, Smithies, four million, barely played. Murphy, 11 million, done nothing. Um, Volks two million, of, I think. Volks two million. Uh, again, that's not. I'd say that was a lesser sort of one, but the big one. You sort of look at when he's had a chance to spend money, in, especially in the championship, and it's not worked. Gary Medine. Yeah. And Paul Cleverier's mate, because I know <laughs> I, I, I know you love him, but like it, it, it's a transfer that hasn't worked, and it's a lot of money spent. Um, I think when Warnock spent actual money. Um, he's got a lot more wrong than right. Yeah, I'd agree. And to an extent, you know, we all love Lee Tomlin, but there's an element of that as well, isn't there? You know, three million of, was he the right player for a Warnock side? You know, it's, it's quite possible to argue no, uh, in that, you know, he doesn't fit perfectly. But um, but yeah, one of those... Well, let, let, let's just run through this squad right now with players we spent money on. Smithies, four million. Jerry's out. Flint, five million. Right now, I think he's a bad signing. Um, Curtis Nelson came in on a free. Etheridge came in on a free. Uh, Joe Day and Brian Murphy all came in on freeze, and you can't really question those. It's the free transfers there that work. Um, Volks, two million. Not really happened. Bakuna, other than September, the jury's been quite has been out on him. Uh, Josh Murphy, eleven million pounds. I think he's been a bad signing so far. Uh, Lee Tomlin, four million. Don't think it's worked out. Gavin White uh, was a million pounds. Probably the best buy that's been since. Well, definitely the best buy this season. Yeah. Glatzel, five million at the moment. It's not worked out. Isaac Vassell, two million. Barely played. Callum Patterson, three. Um, I, I think we can all agree. Callum Patterson, despite not knowing where he plays, it's been a success story. Yeah. Danny. Danny. Ward, one million, probably been the best striker that Warnock's bought. Gary Medine, six million, absolute disaster. Omar Bogle, realistically, he's been a shite signing as well because it's just not happened. Yeah. yeah uh, then, you look at, then you look at players out on loan. You've got Cunningham out on loan. You've got Bobby Reed out on loan. There's fifteen million pounds worth of players out on loan. There probably more. And look, that's poor. That's so poor. I know we're going to make money back on Bobby Reed when he goes to when the transfer to Fulham gets made official, on all of that nonsense. But we still spent, um, however much we spent to sign Bobby Reed, and the transfer hasn't worked. And you've got a question: Why we signed him? All right, Camarasa came in, and we've we've spoke about all this before. Camarasa coming in, sort of pushing Bobby Reed behind. But it just, yeah, just the money being spent and the, mon- the signings Warnock's made. Look, they haven't worked, have they? No, they haven't. And just to go on two questions related to this, uh, CCSC TW123 on Twitter asks, if Warnock leaves, who do you want? Paul, you've said Alex Neal. Ben, mm-hmm. quickly, who who for you? Do you know, that's part of the reason I'm still Warnocking is there's no one there that I can think right now he's the man I want. Um, I can't think who the club would realistically go for. I think for me... If we're making the change now, without if we're making the change in the summer where we've actually thought and there's planning behind it, which you know we still don't know is going to happen or what, 
is very different to who I would hire now if we got rid. If we got rid now, it would be Chris Hewson because I think he's a good, experienced manager. Would come in and you know. I th- I but my issue is I think the club need long term planning now. We've we've spent too long going short term. I agree. And the reason Hewson does it, Hewson's Hewson's look, Hewson's not a young a young signing, um, a young manager. It's just. Yeah, it's it's a no from me on him. I I genuinely don't know who we go for. I think the club will go for someone like Hutton. Um, I could also see the club panicking and trying to bring in a big name like David Moyes. Oh, fuck off! <laughs> oh no, come no, on! I genuinely can. I can see the sort <laughs> of panic. Banter, surely. I can see that sort of. I can see that. Look, we've got a history of it. Solskjaer, when he came in, that was a big name. The club seemed to want the name more than they wanted the actual structure of a fucking manager um that's where you hope warnock would guide them with that isn't it you'd hope i i also don't think warnock should have a say in (laughs) the next manager hands off neil yeah it's it's just because if it comes down to him we're gonna be in the same sort of situation i can see if it's down to warnock i think he wants kevin blackall to get it (laughs) i agree with that actually i honestly do think that blackie would be in the frame for it rightly or wrongly so I mean, you gave me some pelters for this on on Twitter, Paul, when I replied to you. But if we were if we were making a change in the summer, there's planning, and we were going to change our identity and and try and bring in a young, exciting manager. I know maybe he's not got that experience, but just because he gets the club, I wouldn't mind them giving it to someone like Mark Hudson um, or the other person. I've always been impressed when I've heard them speak, and you know, a few years experience out in the MLS and. By all all account, really impressed on the Wales interviews is is Carl Robinson. Um, both completely different to Warnock, and, and that's a big change. Um, but those are the type of names that maybe would excite me more than, well, definitely more than Kevin Blackwell and David Moyes. Uh, our next question on that, I'll come to you, Paul, on this. Ewan James on Twitter asks. If we get the new manager, what type of style would you like to see them play? And would you prefer an old or young manager? And I guess that after the weekend, it's kind of Steve Cooper and Neil Warnock couldn't be more opposite, could they, in terms mm. of age and style? So what would you like to see, Paul? Um, I'm not overly bottled over with the kind of like the new modern way. I find a lot of it quite boring and pedestrian. So I wouldn't necessarily say that I would want a Steve Cooper-esque type. I would want somebody with a bit more experience. Not necessarily all, but that's why I would say somebody like a, a Neil, uh, Alex Neil, because his teams do play football. They're generally quite successful. They're certainly competitive. Um, obviously keep the ball a bit better than what we've been doing now, but if it means t- sort of tapping it around in your own half for half an hour looking for a breakthrough, nah, I'm not interested in that at all. Really not. Um, just some reason to get the players playing with a bit of passion. I know people are quite snobby about Malky McCoy now, and probably partly because of the revelations that came out afterwards. But before that all happened, everybody was kind of quite gutted that he was, you know, apparently getting sacked and stuff. And I certainly wasn't particularly bored or anything at the time watching his football. I know people look back on it now and, oh, no, it was boring. But for me, I thought it was great. So, yeah. Yeah, Alex Neal, somebody sort of quite functional but equally comfortable getting these players passing it around and stuff would be um, a good compromise. What yeah. about Flynn? What about Michael Flynn from Newport? A couple of years, maybe, I think. He needs another job first, in my opinion. I just think if he wasn't 
down the road. If he was managing, I'll say Cheltenham Town, because that's where I live, would people be mentioning him? No. No, exactly, yeah. So, Not that that on its own rights enough, mate. Just because of where he happens to be working, that in and of itself isn't necessarily a a good reason to write somebody off, is it? You know, it's not his fault no, he's doing a great job on Newport. No, but, of, of course. But I see, I, I do take your point, but in a couple of years, maybe for me. Yeah. I think he's the Neil... I, I don't see any difference between the way he plays and Warnock plays, and I think he'd get found out quite quickly in the Championship and fans would lose patience too quickly. What he's doing, what he's done at Newport works purely because he's a Newport lad. He gets the club, there's a bond there. The fans can forgive it, and he gets the players up. I don't think if he went into a championship dressing room, um, a lot of players would question who he is, and that's why I don't think it would work for us. Yeah, I I, I do tend to agree with that, and we'll move on. Obviously, Neil Warnock still still manager, and we go into uh, the weekend against Birmingham, hoping to bounce back from that Swansea win, and we'll start with kind of some of the team selections and. Curtis Nelson and Sol Bamba both scored for the under-23s in week in a 3-0 win against Crystal Palace. Calls for Bamba to come back in, Ben. Do you think it's too soon? I don't think Bamba should go in. I think Nelson should start against Birmingham. Absolutely. I said it. I, I wasn't on last week's podcast, but I think I, I wrote in the night. And to me, if that game wasn't against Swansea, Nelson should have played. Yeah, well, I, I agree, think he should have but... played anyway, but I think no, he would I, have I, played. I, 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 I am 100% adamant that Swansea was the wrong game for him to play. But he should be in at Birmingham. Flint should be dropped. Flint was appalling. Yeah. Flint had as bad of a game against Swansea as Bakuna did against Reading. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Well, I'd, say, I'd say he was that bad. Um, and he does not deserve to be in that squad right now. Um, I think he Nelson, just needs a Nelson, change more than anything. But it's, it's like we said before, they're too similar. Nelson, yeah. when he played, I watched some highlights of him on the under-23s. And he looked like the sort of player we want in there. He sort of, him and Bamba worked hellish well together. I think, yeah. I, do you know what? If, if things kicked off and sort of they start playing the way they do, Jenny wouldn't surprise me that by the end of the season, see us finishing with a partnership with Nelson and Bamba in central defence. Yeah, possibly. I'm going to pull out, uh, I'm going to call out, not pull out, call out Paul here <laughs> for something he tweeted the other day about Nelson being too young and lacks leadership. You're turning Nelson into our Jesse Lingard. He's 26, Paul. I think I think I I'll, I'll step in here and say I think I called him young. Paul just oh, said he lacked leadership. I think it was okay. me. Well, I'm calling both of you out. 26, um, Oxford captain. I think it's time. yeah, but young in the sense of you know like championship, lack, lack of championship now. Experience. Yeah, definitely, and sort of a little bit naive. You know, at this level, perhaps is my fear. I'm not sort of anti-Nelson. It's nothing like that. It's just I feel Sol would be the better option with Mozart, um if we can get him back first. I think Nelson is one for the future, 100%. But not quite yet. You know, we're sort of really struggling. So, Do you not think Birmingham is a good game to put him into? Because, you know, they've got some decent players, but it's a game we would look at and think, you know, we should be winning this. Rather than putting him into against you know a top side, uh, no, I think is it Jukovic or I can't say his yeah. striker that plays you know the top scorer. I think he's got four, hasn't he? Um, he's like a sort of he knows his way around the league and yeah. um, and he's a big boy as well. So 
No, 100% no. I mean, I would probably leave Flint and Mazer in for this game um, purely because of their physicality and the size of them and their experience. But um, as soon as Sol is ready, I'll bring him in and pair him up with Mazer. Ben, what, about you? what changes would you make to the side for this? Would it, would it be quite drastic? Not massively drastic. Um, I don't think we've got the squad depth to do that at the moment. Um, for me, it's Flint for Nelson. And then you look at bringing Callum Patterson in as the number 10, because obviously um, going from what Warnock said on the press conference, he's not fit and Tom isn't going to be ready to play. So it's um, Patterson and Ward's the top two for me. I I think I would go quite drastic for this because after that show went against Swansea, I think it needs a kick up the arse. Because if, if these players keep their places... Is showing well. It, it was okay that you were shit. Didn't try. Were were really you know lazy and and passive. So I'd bring Smithies in for Etheridge. I'd keep Peltier right back. I'd go Morrison and Nelson. I would. Uh, I was gonna say I'd put Kieran Brown at left back, but is he not registered? He's registered. He's doesn't just... need to be. Does he? He's young enough to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's, okay, one of the so he's not. He's not on the. Uh, on the squad list that was on the website. But I'd bring him in for Bennett. I think Bennett needs a needs a rest. I'd go Rawls and Bakuna. I'd go Patterson, Hoyler, White and Bogle. I wouldn't start Bogle. I don't rate him. I think he's um, our best striker. I don't. I really think Danny Ward's our best striker, especially for the way we play. But um, I've also noticed one thing, and I forgot to mention as well, at the left-back option is who's still sort of making the breakthrough again for the under-23s is Jazz Richards. A couple of weeks away, isn't he? The other option is you put Cameron Cox at right-back and Peltier left-back. Yeah, we were talking about that um, on Sunday, uh, me and the mates. But something needs to happen in that defence. I don't disagree with putting uh, putting Bakuna in for pack. Um, I think since Pax come back, he's not been right. He's not playing as the, sort of the way he should be, and probably needs a bit more time out. We've rushed him back, chucked him straight in. Play, he's played a lot of football after coming back from a decent layoff. Um, yeah, the one I just can't get on board with is Bogle. Um, I get he fights and he runs about a lot, but I don't see it. I don't see what he makes us do in the way we play. I think if you got the ball in and around him then he'd be an effective option. But the way we play, I just don't see it. I think that's why Warnock doesn't fancy him. And if you look at the the championship table, we're in 14th on 18 points. Birmingham above us, they're in 11th on 22 points. They're an okay side, Paul, aren't they? You mentioned some of the... um, You mentioned... I don't even know. So Jukovic, the striker, and it's quite interesting. I remember um, in pre-season when... We had Ali Maxwell from Not The Top 20 podcast on mm. asking him about some striking options for Cardiff from, from throughout the leagues and, and he was one that he pinpointed that would, would work well as, as a striker in Warnock's system. Like I said, puts himself around a bit. Dan Crowley, a young player that, that's doing quite well and the dynamic duo of Craig and Gary Gardner in the Birmingham team. <laughs> They're a decent team. But if you looked on paper at the start of the season, you'd say we'd have the better squad, wouldn't you? 100%, yeah. This is a game that Cardiff City should be expecting to win, especially if they're serious about um, a promotion c- campaign. So, um, 
I mean, until recently, I wouldn't have even worried about a game like this. But you're worried about all the games now. Yeah, I, I've taken to having a drink before each match just to take the edge off, and I don't even drink, so that tells you everything <laughs> you need to know about this season. So, I I think um, they they are da- they're obviously dangerous. They've won three of the last five. Um, they're scrappy wins from what I can gauge, and they're not blowing teams away. They're their goal scorers have got a similar kind of level to us. You've got like one guy on four, a couple of people on two, and um, that type of thing. So they're not so they're certainly not you know, and they don't often score that many away from home. So I think you're either in for a dull nil nil or a, um, a scrappy one nil Cardiff win type thing. So yeah, Ben, do you think this is a must win? Cardiff unbeaten at home so uh, yeah, sorry, unbeaten at home mm-hmm. this far so far this season. Next up after this is Bristol City, another derby, again at home. If Cardiff lose here, the nerves going into that Bristol City game will be massive, and I'm not sure I can take losing to Lee Johnson's side at home. Um, Yeah, I don't think it's must-win, but I'm just looking at Birmingham's record now. Um, Away from home, they've been pretty dire, to be fair. Um, they've not picked up. I think they've picked up two wins, still better than than we've done, to be honest. But their their record's not great away from home. It's it's a game that we should, on paper, look to win. But going off Sunday, I just can't see us. Like genuinely, I could see us going on a free fall run here. Um, just just how short of ideas we looked and how poor we were. Um, I'm. What genuinely worried about this game, and I think Birmingham are going to look to pile. They, they've got a hell of an opportunity to pile the misery on us. We haven't got a great record against Birmingham either, so um, I think they're really going to look to put the pressure on us and put the pressure on Warnock. And I think they've got a hell of a chance of doing that. And just what you need is an after an embarrassing derby loss to Swansea. The next side you manage, you face is managed by an ex-Swansea assistant <laughs> manager. <laughs> So uh, I'm sure he'll get lots of stick, but he'll he'll like that Swansea win. And before we go on to some listener question, boys, what are your score predictions? Paul, come to you first. 1-0 Cardiff. Nice. Ben? 2-0 Birmingham. Oof. Whoa! I'm going to go in the middle. I'm going to go 0-0. I think it's just going to be really cagey. Cardiff will be really weary of doing anything wrong. And it'll be a drab match. Boys, I'm, genuinely, I'm, I'm genuinely worried that we're in a rut at the moment and I think it's not it's going to get worse before it gets better yeah it's a, it's a way the, the hope is that well I was going to say that was a blip but we've talked about it being a, a theme this season of being you know passive and not ourselves so, so you, you only get you you can only have a blip when you know how you play um if you're playing poorly constantly you're a poor side and at the moment we're a poor we're a very poor side yeah, yeah, I'd agree. And we've got some listener questions to to finish us off. Uh, we've gone through a couple of them. Darren Evans asks uh, Ben, "Is it time for Will Volks to get an opportunity?" No, you've said. I say you've said no in the past quite adamantly. What is it going to take for you to give him a chance? I think Bakuna Bakuna's got to come back in before Volks does. Um. I just haven't seen enough of Volks, to be honest. Just I, when he's played, I just don't. I still don't think he knows what he wants out of football, like what his role is within the squad. And he's probably only going to find that by playing a couple of games. But right now, 
I don't think now's the time to bring him in. I'd, I'd, I'd stick with a midfield pairing that's worked in Riles Makuna at the moment. And if Riles continues his poor form, then you look at bringing Volks in. But right now, no. Paul, agree? No, I would give him a chance. Um, I've, I think he's cut a frustrated figure. Bakuna certainly had a chance and partly redeemed himself for a bit of a dodgy spell. But um, no, I would definitely give um, Vox a chance. If Warnock's going to persist with his direct and um, you know tactics, then um, Vox plays right into that with his long throws and beastly free kicks and so on. So yeah, for me, I would get, I would chuck him into the mixture. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think you know the three main central midfielders we've played this season has been Pack, Rawls and, and Bakuna in a, a variety of combinations and we've been pretty poor for the main, so let's see what a change would, would do. Uh, James Roberts, we, we've talked about Curtis Nelson, James Roberts asked if he deserves a chance. Tom Lewis asks, uh, do we need a left-back to put pressure on Bennett? He says preferably uh, Traore, who was obviously with us uh, in the promotion year, wasn't mm. it? And, and he's been training a bit. I mean, it seems uh, an easy option, uh, you know, a quick fix. Not perhaps the quality that some would want, but maybe give a bit of pressure on, on Bennett. Do you think, Paul? Uh, it depends how much training he has been doing. but He's been be... there week in, week out for weeks. He's see, been, it seems I, like a while. What, well, Cardiff? Since, yeah, he's been there since pre-season. In which case, then, yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. nothing to lose. You, Ben? You agree? Uh, 100% agree. Um, Joe Bennett, he needs some time out of the squad. Um, he's just not performing. At the very least, you need someone to push him. Uh, that's when you get the best out of Bennett. And um, I actually didn't mind Troy when he played for us. Um, scored a nice goal, a couple of nice assists. Yeah. He was a nice attacking fullback. And um, yeah, I, he, he enjoyed his time here. Um, he interacts with a lot of fans and says, look, Jenny enjoyed his time at Cardiff. Um, sort of it was a time where he was sort of struggling for love of football and he regrets moving on and sh- wishes he could have worked out a way of staying. So, yeah, bring him back. Six months to the end of the season or even till January. Yeah. Do it. What, what's the harm? Yeah, I'd agree. I mean, uh, we signed we signed Rolf Flesher last season and <laughs> or the season before last and no one knows why that happened. Didn't he uh, Didn't he score the other day or something like that? He did. He scored in the um, MLS playoffs. Yeah, there we are. Uh Gareth Baker, some bloke that hosted the podcast last week, asks... Idiot. 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 Would you, would, is, let me guess, is it, would you rather... <laughs> it's not actually, but it does feel in honour of Baker we should have a would you rather. Anyone got one? Would you rather never have Baker on the podcast again? Or... Nah, that's it. <laughs> anyway, he asks... Uh, the copper retro kit release, um, which were obviously those two kits this week that were pretty lovely, if I do say so. Um, I actually I wanted to get the uh, the echo kit, but it sold out sadly. Hopefully, we'll have some more. But he asks uh, those releases straight after the Swansea game. Do you think that was a tactic to to try and heal a relationship with the fans? No, I think that. Um... The Copper team teased it last week sometime. They had a collaboration with Cardiff coming out. Um, I think it just happened to fall. They were sort of hoping it'd be 
more of a feel-good factor of beating Swansea than losing Stoke. That was probably Stoke. the hope, wasn't it? The celebration yeah. of that win. Yeah, I think that was sort of what they were hoping for, and they got the exact opposite. But um, yeah, um, I think was it was it Neve said on Twitter, "It's the one good thing useless fuckers have done all season." <laughs> yeah, it's hard, it, it, it's, hard, it's hard to argue with that, to be honest. Yeah, speaking of, of replies on Twitter, it was quite uh, quite a few um, tough ones. I don't know if you saw that Danny Ward was doing a Q and A, and and the card of Twitter asked for some questions and there were a few that I, I imagine will not be asked after, <laughs> after that, that Swansea game. Uh, the, most, the most common question, Danny, Sunday, the fuck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mark Carter, obviously part of Youth and Indian, you're from Paul. Good guy. He asks, good guy, not sure on this system he wants to play. He asks whether Tomlin, White, Hoylet, Ward and Bogle should be our front five going forwards. <laughs> Yeah, why not? Kevin Keegan, yeah, let's do it. Let's just go 100% <laughs> attack. Let's outscore the opposition. You know, no. Don't be so bloody ridiculous, Mark. Total overload. And um, besides, half of them are unfit anyway, aren't they? Yeah, someone did uh, did reply saying, how the hell are you going to fit all of them into a uh, <laughs> system? And, and what Mark has gone for uh, is a three at the back of Peltier, Morrison and Bamba. Hoylet and White as wingers come wing backs. Rawls mm-hmm. and Pack in midfield with Tomlin as a ten and Bogle and Ward up front. It's brave. I- I'll say that. Mm. <sighs> we love you, Mark. We're not five taking the, the piss. Or three at the back. Um, well, never. Barely ever. Was, so can't remember. But I, we I played, like it. We played it at the Warnock once, and it was a disaster. <laughs> Yeah. Um, surprise, surprise! So he got binned off immediately. Brilliant. It would work um, well on FIFA. Yeah, I'll try it now. Yeah, White and Hoyle as wing backs is a, a great choices because they'd be excellent at that. Both, you know, adept at tracking back. But yeah, um, mm, uh, another one that looks good in theory, but in practice, two strikers and Tomlin. You know, you're really exposing the team there. Yeah, I'd agree. And last question, Ben. We, we've spoken about this a bit, but. Just, I'd like you to summarise on this one. Blue and sixty one asks, "Where are we heading? What is the plan? Always the plan, even crystal ball." Um, I'm looking into my crystal ball, and what I see is a sign that says "Shit Creek," and it appears we have no paddle. Um, <laughs> that, <laughs> sorry, that, that was too overdramatic. Wasn't I it? think all this negativity <laughs> is sent us slightly crazy. I'm I'm genuinely worried at the moment, boys. Like I said, um, at the moment we're heading one way, and that's mid-table medioc- mediocrity. Um, we we carry on the way the route we're down. We can forget about the playoffs. We're not going to be good enough. This is a competitive league this year, probably the most competitive it's been in five years. There's no one clear-cut team to win it. These are everyone's taking points off everyone, and we've got to be at our. We've got to go on a good run. And right now, I only see us going on a poor run, not a good run. Um, yeah, it's um, worrying. Well, on that note... <laughs> <laughs> Happy days are here again. Anyway, Paul, you're a positive person. What can you say to raise the spirits? Um, uh, um, We're not in red. There's a new, there is a new era on the horizon. And Cardiff City are in 
could have been in a far, far worse position um, than they are. There's the nucleus of a decent squad there. There are some decent football players, more than decent, actually. So um, with the right changes and the right leadership at the top, Cardiff could really make a success of it still. I'm not halfway, even halfway yet, so a long way to go. And who better to usher in the new era than Kevin Blackwell? <laughs> Amen to that. Boys, thank you very much for, for joining us. Thank you to everyone that sent in their questions. Uh, make sure you, you do that every week. We, we put out a post every week on at VFTN, no, VFTNinian got them in the end uh, asking for questions so make sure you send them in and we'll make our way through them every week boys thank you very much for joining us here's hoping we bounce back to winning ways against Birmingham this weekend yay cheers <laughs> cheers lads